0: It's Jeep 4x4 season. Make your next adventure epic and hurry in now for great deals. And now, well-qualified lessees get a low-mileage lease on the 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee 4xe for 389 dollars a month for 24 months with $5,399 due at signing.
1: Tax title license extra. No security deposit required. Call 1-888-925-JEEP for details. Requires dealer contribution a lease request or capital. Extra charge for miles over $20,000. Residency restrictions apply. Take delivery by 531-23. Jeep is a registered trademark.
0: Please stand clear of the
2: doors. Hey guys on the monorail, Alex. You know we love hearing your history, man. What are we Oh, thanks. The coming up,
0: uh, we're gonna do Floyd Norman. I, it's oh, really wow. inspiring. Uh, almost what makes me makes me inspired, but not quite.
1: Uh, Alex, you gotta start betting on yourself, man. You just you gotta start. Really? You think I should do? What should I do? Like. If, A cameo with my voice or something like that? I would pay at least three dollars for a cameo for you to sing happy birthday on my birthday. I
2: would pay you in tacos. Tacos?
0: I love tacos. Bet on yourself, man. Maybe maybe I will. Maybe maybe I will.
2: Welcome to episode one hundred and ninety-five of the Diz His podcast. I'm Joe. I'm Alex, and I'm Chris. Today we will be giving the his on Floyd Norman. Right now we are recording live for our Groove Troop members. If you want to watch us live once a week, all you got to do is go to com, and on the very top you will find the link for the Groove Troop. For as low as 2 bucks a month, you can go ahead and join our Groove Troop. You'll be entered into our giveaways. We're actually going to be giving away a a, a wax melt from Three Cheeky Chicks later on today. So uh, stick around for that if you want to hear who the winner is going to be. But yeah, go ahead and support us. Um, it helps us support like, you know, uh, pay for our website, pay for some advertising and uh, you know, it helps us kind of uh, kind of distribute our podcasts out on the different platforms so yeah go ahead and just uh go to dishis.com
1: and support us uh we don't discriminate against uh the amish so if you guys only have a landline you can give us a call at 707-842-0345 leave us a message we will you won't be able to hear it if you don't believe in the internet but we you know take our word for it we will read your message live on the show for people to hear
0: That's right. We'll read it live. And we also can read emails that you send us at dishis65 at gmail.com. That's dishis65 at gmail.com. And you can send us emails. Like I say, every week, give us ideas for future episodes. Let us know how we're doing. Give us some feedback. Tell us about your memories, because we want all the memories.
2: Yeah, we actually got an email. Uh, We have an email from one of our patreon members katie uh so hey guys love the show and have learned so much from listening to you here's one of my disney memories that i wanted to share in case it could be an inspiration for an episode when i was six in the late 1980s i had an opportunity to go to magic kingdom for two days my great Uncle Huey worked in the Disney Underground, his retirement gig, and my mom, dad, brother, and I were able to go through his friends and family passes. Although I was only there for two days, I remember it so vividly. I can still sing the Spirit of America theme song to you and still remember the Delta if you can fly attraction. I've been to Disney several times in my adult life, but this was the only time I had the opportunity to go as a child. The warmth and wonder of that first experience will stay with me forever. One of my favorite memories is watching the glass blower through the window on Main Street. I was absolutely memorized. I haven't seen a glass blower on any other trip to MK. This got me thinking, do they still have glass blowers on Main Street? It might be interesting to take a dive into the history and backstory of the Main Street artists, the glass blowers, the paper cutters, the parasol painters. I still have my custom painted Mary Poppins parasol. Uh even the barbers, I haven't heard any other Disney podcast cover this specific topic. Also, thanks for the recent membership push. I finally joined the Goof Troop Gabby K in Discord and I'm I'm so glad I did katie so yeah so thanks for reaching out and uh i i know at epcot i've seen glassblowers there at epcot i'm not sure if they're at magic kingdom anymore but that would be something cool that we can kind of look into the different shops on main
1: street That is interesting because we talked about Main Street, but we never talked about the individual shops and more specifically the artists on Main Street, like she was saying. Um, Awesome suggestion because uh, like we keep saying, this is, we're going on our 200th episode. We need to start getting creative here. And that's a pretty creative topic. But just going back to what Katie said in her email, I think everybody has, uh, which is so cool about Disney. I think everybody has that one just early memory of Disney. that was just such a magical experience that kind of just like introduced you to the magic of Disney. And uh, what's cool is that we're, we're, We're all adults now, and we're still going back to kind of try to keep getting that magic that we experienced when we were little. A really cool memory there.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And not only that, I'm pretty sure Alex, like, you know, like Alex, I would say, Alex, you didn't go to Disney when you were younger.
1: No, I didn't.
0: I went to Disney once as a child, Um, and uh, I have a fond memory of it. Even
2: though it rained, it was still fun. So today we're going to be giving the history on Floyd Norman. Floyd Norman was born in 1935 and grew up loving Disney, eventually achieving his dream by working for Walt Disney Studios as an animator. Floyd Norman became the first long-term African-American artist at the studio. He worked on several Disney classics and was introduced into the Disney Hall of Fame. So, you know, we're going to be celebrating uh, recognizing Black History Month. So we wanted to kind of, you know... um, Talk about Floyd Norman. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex, you know, you wrote the history for this. What do you, uh, before we kind of get into the history, is there anything that really kind of caught your eye that you're kind of looking forward to kind of talking about?
0: Um, I think his real life story is kind of interesting. Um, And then just all the kind of things that he had his hand in is kind of cool. Like he has hand in um, two of the movies that I know one of them is Chris's favorite and one is kind of my favorite. And if you listen to his, you might know what movie I'm already talking about when I'm a movie. But he also had a life outside of Disney. So he did more than just Disney stuff. He left Disney for a little bit and then he came back. And then while he worked at Disney, after Disney for a little bit, he left again and then came back again. He's still a Disney legend. Even after taking, you know, some years to go do other things, he still had so much of an impact that he's still a Disney legend, which is interesting.
1: I think doing the history on any prominent employee of Disney that had a that did a uh, worked on stuff that we all grew up with that we all love, whether it be an imagineer, an animator, a a composer is always really fascinating. The fact that this guy was the first African-American long term uh, animator for Disney just makes it a little more special. So I'm really excited to hear how he got to where he is and and all the stuff that he got into. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Trust in me. Hold still, please. You can sleep safe and sound knowing I am around
2: Let's get to the his on Floyd Norman.
1: Sail on a silver mist slowly and surely your senses will cease to resist.
0: Trust in me, and just in me. Floyd Norman was born on June 22, 1935 in Santa Barbara, California. His love for Disney started when he saw Dumbo and Bambi as a child. His grandmother told him he could recognize Walt's signature on books and comics before he could read. He grew up reading Mickey Mouse comic books, reading stacks of them during Sunday afternoons and knew one day he wanted to work for Walt at Disney Studios. Walt's grandmother was his biggest supporter. During the 40s, parents barely knew what an animator was, let alone how someone could make a living doing it. Floyd's grandmother always encouraged him to chase his dream and when he was in high school, he took a ride to Disney Studios but found they were closed. He managed to talk to a security guard who allowed him to enter the gates of Disney Studio and walk down to Animation Building. He was able to talk to some of the Disney artists who told him to go to art school. Norman did just that. After high school, he attended the Art Center College of Design in Pasadena, California, where he majored in illustration. Once he graduated, he worked as an assistant to Katie Keene comic book artist, Bill Wagen, in Santa Barbara. He returned to Disney a few years later, in 1957, to apply for a position, just as Disney was expanding. At this time, Floyd's grandmother was dying of cancer, and the same weekend he was hired, he was able to go to his grandmother's bedside and tell her he got the job at Disney. That same weekend, she passed away. Norman started as an in-betweener and animator on the now-classic Sleeping Beauty. Floyd worked at Disney for a bit, becoming the first African-American artist to remain at the studio for a long-term basis, before he was drafted to fight in World War II. Norman returned from the war and went back to work for Disney, working on 101 Dalmatians and the Sword in the Stone.
2: I think it's uh must have been uh a pretty cool time to be there kinda like when it almost all started right, right. like do you think when when it all started, do you think that they they kind of envisioned where it would be where it is today?
0: no way, no way no. Could, i mean maybe do you think Walt, Walt? Walt, Walt envisioned yeah. something that is no one else could envision and but you know that was his gift, right his gift was being able to. Think of an idea that was so preposterous. Everyone else would be like, no way is that going to be possible. And then make it happen. But I think the people there were just like, I'm happy to be doing what I love doing as a job and actually get paid to do it.
1: Mm-hmm. I think it's really cool. I mean, sad that um, his grandmother passed away, but it was really cool that he was able to tell her that he got the job at Disney before before uh, she passed. I feel like that's something he'll remember forever and just such a cool story to tell. Mm-hmm. because it's like imagine how sad that would be if he if she passed and then he got his dream job yeah like it's cool that she that he he can probably find some peace in the fact that that she was able to share that moment with him which is pretty pretty awesome
0: yeah because i mean like like the history says think about a time during that time when a young african-american was like i want to be an animator when i grow up his parents were like what no that's but his grandma believed in him and he continued yeah. to try to do what he wanted to do despite all of her, you know the history i don't have a lot of the Individual hurdles he took to get where he wanted to be because there wasn't really I didn't find that anywhere which I think Mm -hmm. is fine because because Him just achieving his goal is Amazing by itself despite anything else uh, He was able to have a dream as a child and achieve it as an adult Which is no matter who you are or where you come from that in itself is an amazing feat.
1: Yeah
2: I Just clearly I think it's cool that he worked on *Sword in the Stone*. I mean, I think that's a, a really good underrated movie. Uh, I would love to do *History on Sword of the Stone*. So I think it's kind of cool you got to work on that classic.
0: hmm Yeah, for sure. I mean, imagine your first movie being an amazing classic like uh, like the one he was working on. I mean, at the time, of course, you don't know it's a classic till it's a classic. But sure, yeah. Uh, for that to be the first thing you work on for Disney is is and then uh, you know move on to *Sword in the Stone* as well. It's uh he was set up for success I guess you can say, um but good on him for continuing to try to get where he needed to be and thankfully he came over to Disney at the time it was growing and they were able to you know hire him and um also thankfully he was able to go to World War II and come back and retain his uh his retain working in the field and and stuff I couldn't find any information about what he did in World War II um I have no idea what what he was doing during that time, but, um, he's owning some noobs. Yeah. He was owning some noobs. I, maybe he was working in as an animator for the, you know, cause he didn't have animators making cartoons, um, and stuff like,
2: yeah. For, for uh, World War two, right? Yeah. Would have been
0: interesting. But I don't, I did, like, like I said, or I even Googled it. I could not find anything about what he did. In World War II, which makes you believe that maybe he was just, he was just a normal, a normal military person, and uh, thankfully he was able to make it out live and come back in one piece and continue his career. Floyd Darman loved working at Disney and would make fun sketches of his coworkers as a way to lighten the mood and get through the week. One night, Walt came into the animation building after hours, as he did, and looked around seeing a bunch of sketches all over the office. The next morning, Andy Ingman, Floyd's boss, called him into his office. Ingman told Floyd to pack up his stuff. He was moving upstairs to the C-Wing. The story department. Floyd thought he was going up there to work as an assistant, but upon arrival, Larry Clemens gave him his sequence for the Jungle Book. Floyd did his best, like everyone else, but during the first meeting with Walt, he told everyone he didn't like the story and said he wanted some good stuff. Floyd knew what Walt wanted. He had been reading and watching Disney since he was a child. Norman channeled that inner child as he drew up the new gags for the Trust in Me sequence with Mowgli and Ka. The next meeting with Walt, he looked at the boards and said, That's more like it. After Walt's death in 1966, Floyd decided to leave Disney Studios to co-found Vinette Films with fellow African-American animator friend, Leo D. Sullivan. Vinette Films had a rough start. At one point, they were evicted from their office building and had to use one of the local coffee shops. Floyd and Leo gave all their contacts the phone number to the shop, so whenever the phone would ring, one of them would have to stop and run over to answer the phone. Hello, Vinette Films Incorporated. They managed to produce six animated films, making them the first company to produce films that focused on black history. They also worked on segments for Sesame Street and the original Hey, 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 It's Fat Albert, which aired in 1969 on NBC. Unfortunately, Vinette Films couldn't make it, and Floyd was lucky enough to be able to return to Disney, just in time to work on Robin Hood. After working for Disney for a bit, he again left, but this time to work at Hanna-Barbera Productions. He worked there for seven years as a layout artist on Wheelie and the Chopper Bunch and The Cookie Koala Show. An animator on Jubber Jaw, and a layout artist and character designer for the new Fred and Barney show. In 1980, Floyd returned to Walt Disney Studios to become the writer for the Mickey Mouse comic strip until it was discontinued.
2: Hey, so you know, we talked about Walt before, how the animators used to go into the studio and they would kind of uh, look at the ashtrays to see where Walt was around the most, like wh- which station he was around the most, right? So whichever ashtray he had most of the ashes and cigarettes they knew that's where walt was and he was like interested in what yeah. was going on there right mm-hmm. uh so he, and one of the things i didn't really think about at the time when we were talking about that is that he doesn't know who's there no like he doesn't know right. if it's a, a white guy a black guy you know an alien a female he doesn't know who is at that particular uh station and i didn't really think about that now until we're 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 talking we're talking about this you know um uh, and then he's uh, i think it's cool that he he was there he's like i like what's going on here let's call him up so i think that, i think that was kind of a cool part of his story yeah
0: I, I think well walt was a very open-minded guy i don't think it mattered who it was even if he knew but i i think yeah he would go in and he would just blindly look at people's stuff and decide like i like this i like that and it's so funny that he was like hey who's doing all this uh Who's doing all this little stuff around the office? Like, oh man, is he gonna get in trouble? Nope, he's gonna get promotion. Like, that's just amazing how yeah. that works. He's like, <laughs> I see talent, and I'm gonna promote you. And he didn't get promoted the way he thought he got promoted. He got promoted right to where he thought he uh, where he didn't expect to be. He got bumped up quite a bit, um, and uh, immediately got to work on one of the movies that Chris loves and I love. Um, yeah. There, and I'm so glad that he was a part of it because that movie is amazing.
1: Yeah, so I want to talk about that a little bit, about uh, The Jungle Book, my favorite movie. So, yeah, this guy is an animator, right? Yes. But it seems like he's just way more talented than being able to draw. Like, he's a storyteller, too. Mm -hmm. That scene, um, trusted me with Mowgli and, and uh and Ka is an amazing scene. Like it's one of the scenes I always thought of when I was little. I'd always look forward to that. Him walking up the steps of the snake, like yep. the snake just going all over the 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 eyes of, mm-hmm. of Mowgli getting hypnotized. Just an awesome, awesome scene. So the fact that he was behind that. And then he went on to um to write uh for mickey mouse comic strip doesn't say you know draw he wrote the stories so it seemed like he was an awesome storyteller so he was just talented across the board and uh loved the fact that he could just come back to disney anytime he wanted to (laughs) I could leave and then just, and then they'd hire him back because he was just that talented. And the guy, you know, it seems like he had the respect of everybody there. Right, exactly. He has, yeah.
0: Yeah. He was, he was well liked, you know. Yeah. You can't just leave and come back if you're not well liked. So obviously, not only was he talented in the field, but also he was probably a great person.
1: Yeah. And talk about a dreamer. You know, we talk about, uh, talked about in the beginning of the episode about how it was just not common for an African American to be able to have a job um, where, were uh where he applied to Disney as an animator like mm-hmm. that that was just like crazy for uh but he you know he dreamed that he could do it and and he did it then not only uh you know he he was <laughs> against the odds he was able to get that job then he leaves and and starts his own business another another insane thing that worked out for a little bit and uh it was just cool that he just continued to he he it seemed like he never settled he always just um was looking to uh, in the words of Walt plus himself, just continue to improve, continue to uh, make an impact uh, wherever that may be. It was really, really cool to see, uh, see all this.
0: Every time we read history and on people specifically and they bet on themselves, it's kind of something I can never do because I can never mm-hmm. bet on myself. Like, how could he leave, you know, such a nice job to bet on right. himself? Unfortunately, it didn't work out for him. I mean, he, it did work out in the sense that he got some stuff made that he wanted to mm-hmm. passionate was he was passionate about.
1: Yeah, but, long term. Right. But overall, yeah.
0: the business itself didn't work out. But um, that probably helped him actually in his career because that gave him time to develop certain skills he may not have developed yet. And uh, it was funny because when I was reading the history, there's some stuff I didn't add to the history. But he, when they got evicted, they had all their equipment, like their pens, paper, all this stuff for drawing was in a cupboard inside the building. And they were locked out. And him and his friend Leo, they broke in in order just to steal pens, papers and stuff, their materials, which they're like doing it. They're like, really, we broke in here just to steal pens, papers and like things you could go buy. But like they needed Uh it for their work. So uh, (laughs) it's kind of funny that they set up shop in a coffee shop. Like that's kind of that's literally the um, fake it till you make it kind of mentality.
1: (laughs) Yeah, definitely. Definitely.
0: So almost, I almost didn't add the history for the uh, for his segment at Hanna-Barbera, but I thought it was important to know where he went after Disney and working on shows I've heard of, like Jabba Jaw and the new Fred and Barney show. Um,
2: about Fat Albert.
0: Yeah, yeah the Fat original, Albert too. And this is the original Fat Albert. I guess it said the original because I guess there's another Fat Albert that came out shortly after that was actually the one that became popular. This one was a very short-lived one that was prior to the actual Fat Albert show
1: um speaking about um just like black history a little bit cuz uh, fat albert was uh, he worked on a lot of just um uh, things that promoted uh black culture did we do the history on jungle book we did right jungle book I, I believe i can take a look i think so i think we did i um am because i don't think we talked about this a lot but since it's black history month and we're focusing on on uh-huh. black history i'm just wondering if uh now that we know that there was an african-american animator right i wonder if jungle book kind of broke barriers because if you look at the movie they yeah. had that whole duop scene with mm-hmm. king Louie. yep which was very, you know, influenced by black culture. Right. You have a a a, a black animator. I wonder if um I don't know. I, I wonder if that broke any barriers. That was in the fifties. That came or no sixties. It came out, correct? Yeah, I believe so. Uh, was it like nineteen sixty six? Jungle uh, Book. Yeah, nineteen sixty seven. Because we we so we did do the
2: history on Jungle Book nineteen sixty seven, but we didn't yes. do it on the newer one. I guess.
1: Right. So yeah, I'm wondering because sixty seven, there was still a lot of a lot of tension. Uh, segregation was still mm-hmm. around. You know, what I mean? yeah, it was just uh, you know a lot of a lot of racism going on um mm-hmm. so i don't know i wonder if i wonder if that was a film that kind of broke barriers a little bit It'd be interesting to kind of dive into that history it's cool because look we did the history on the jungle book but never would we think about that there was a, uh, a a history like this behind it you know what i mean yeah like we're looking at the you know how it's made and this and that we know but now doing the history on on floyd norman who worked on the film now you gotta wonder if uh you know was there any other african american animators was there you know um who else had their hand in this mm-hmm. and and uh who directed was the director of this this uh this movie trying to um kind of break down walls by by mm-hmm. putting this movie out it's pretty cool because you watch the movie it's a it's a silly movie about a kid who's raised by wolves You know what I mean? And lives in the jungle. But it's really cool that there's a way bigger meaning behind the the creation of the movie and maybe influence of the movie. It's kind of cool when you uh, piece all these things together.
0: Yeah, I agree. I agree for sure. Floyd Norman continued to work for Disney, eventually working at Pixar as well. He worked on Hunchback and Notre Dame, Mulan, Dinosaur, Toy Story 2, and Monsters, Inc. He also worked on movies for other studios like Freebird by Real FX. In 2007, Floyd was inducted into the Disney Hall of Fame with a Disney Legend Award. He has been honored with many other awards, like the Windsor McKay Award in 2002, Special Achievement Award from the African American Film Critics Association in 2016, and was even awarded with an Honorary Doctorate of Philosophy degree from Cogswell Polytechnical College in 2018. Floyd has always been passionate about educating people about black history and equality. He wrote a column for jimhillmedia.com and afrokids.com. In 2016, Norman was appointed to the Education and Outreach Committee of the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences. Norman has also published several books of cartoons that were inspired by his life in the animation industry. His picture book, A Kiss Goodnight, debuted at 2017 D23 Expo. He wrote a semi-autobiography titled Animated Life, A Lifetime of Tips, Tricks, Techniques, and Stories from an Animation Legend. The novel was published by Focal Press in 2013. In 2016, he was the subject of a documentary titled Floyd Norman, and Animated Life. I, I think it's so funny that um the documentary was like, uh, let's take your title for your semi-autobiography and make it like a quarter shorter. Like his semi-autobiography <laughs> title is so long. So long. It was so <laughs> long. And they're like, yeah, I think just the anime life is perfect. Like you don't have to do all this other stuff. Um, but, you know, another thing is you're writing a book by yourself and you're willing to put in, in the title
1: animation legend. It's kind of It's kind of ballsy. I know. I know. I thought the same thing. And no one's going to question it. You look at his resume. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look at his resume. Oh, animation, legend. let me see what this guy worked on. Oh, oh Sleeping Beauty, oh. Jungle Book. Oh.
2: Oh. Oh. Toy Story 2. Mulan. <laughs> Notre Dame. Mulan. Dinosaur.
0: Yeah, it's like, it's like. Uh, <laughs> and? No, no sir, sir, sir you are, Disney. you are.
1: How many years did he work for Disney? Like half his life?
0: Yeah, a lot. <laughs> and then he's still, he's still to this, I think I read somewhere that, and um he's a consultant to stuff as well. So they have a lot of people who they consult with.
1: Oh, Andy worked on Mary Poppins. Oh, I didn't see that. I assume it was the um penguins? Right. Yeah, it had to be because of the animation part. It could be wrong, but I don't know. We'll just say it did.
2: Um I think it's you know, last week we did history on the airmen, the Tuskegee. How do you say it? Tuskegee Airman? T-
1: Tuskegee, Tuskegee.
2: Tuskegee Airmen, right? Yeah. Yep. Um we're doing it on Floyd and Norman this week. How crazy is it that they started in a time where, you know, uh, it was just a, such a different time. And now look where they're at. Now look yeah. how the times have changed, right? Uh, and now he's work, he's working on all, not only has it changed, like this, you know, how our views on society, right? But not only that, the technology has changed so much. Now, now Pixar, can you imagine working on Sleeping Beauty and the technology they had for Sleeping Beauty? Oh, and yeah. th- now we have all the technology with uh, computers, you know, with Toy Story 2 and Pixar and Apple, you know, and all these, yeah. uh, all these cool types of new technology that they have. This, 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 just to see that growth in the amount of time is, it's like a whole different, it's like, it's totally different, right? Just thing about yeah, the totally 100%. different was like 30 years ago when I was growing up and we were, you know, we didn't have like iPhones. Like mm-hmm. iPhones, are really, when, when did I, when, when did the iPhone come out? Like 2000, in the early 2000s, maybe not even, maybe the late 2000s? Yeah, it was like 2008.
1: Like, look,
2: yeah, look how much time technology has changed in this short amount of time. Mm-hmm. Just to see that growth in your lifetime is just unbelievable, I feel like.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. So he was the assistant animator on Mary Poppins, oh wow, yeah, I can't even miss that one, uh, but yeah, that's amazing. that's the literally the only thing you missed, like his whole resume, yeah. is everything that you said. The only thing that um uh the only thing you didn't bring up was the Mary Poppins he worked on uh okay, so as an assistant animator on Mary Poppins, he worked on the Pearly Band,
0: okay, that's cool yeah yeah this is this is all um all this is awesome, and I love that he's able to. You know, do all this Disney stuff while simultaneously doing his own thing really shows you how um, how great they are at Disney, allowing people to do their own projects, because when they're successful, Disney's successful. You know, if you you can't stunt a a creator's uh, growth and if they can't, you know, do it at Disney, they're allowing you to take your personal time. It's your personal time. You can do whatever you want in personal time. To do something different, because some businesses will be like, "No, you can't work on that tip of that thing that's like us outside of work. Right. Like you work for us." But Disney's like, "No, do whatever you want to do outside of the job here. To do whatever you want." Um, <laughs> and I think that's that's how awesome. big
2: Disney is. That's how big
1: Disney yeah. is. So it was like, "We don't even care. Like, yeah. Whatever."
0: Like, what are you gonna do? You going to be bigger than Disney?
1: Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you'll you'll be back. <laughs>
2: you'll be back, like in Hamilton. <laughs> Quick fire, quick facts. Let's
1: go. In 2008, Floyd appeared as a guest of honor at Comic-Con International, where he received the Inkpot Award.
2: In 2013, he was given the Sergio Award from the Comic Artists Professional Society. In
0: 2014, he was rewarded with the Fritz Freeling Award for Lifetime Achievement for Excellence in Animation from the International Family Film Festival.
1: In 2019, the National Cartoonist Society gave him the Milton Caniff Lifetime Achievement Award. I bet I'll you. Tell you what. Go ahead. Unless you're an animator, the uh, Inkpot Award sounds like an insult.
0: Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. I bet you he has a cabinet full of awards at his house. Oh yeah. Like oh, he yeah. just has he has awards on awards on awards on plaques on doctorates. How you know he got a honorary philosophy degree? How do you feel if you get that? Do you think you can call yourself? You can start calling yourself a doctor you get an honorary doctorate degree
1: i don't think so. i would oh i would i don't think would should, but if i got it, i would 100 If someone's like 100%.
0: chris chris's achievement in transportation he now gets a doctorate in uh i don't know what i don't know something i'd be
1: other, something. i'd be one of those people that if they said mr yob i wouldn't look towards them <laughs> at, at all until they said dr yob oh i'm sorry you, i didn't know you're talking to me how old is he <laughs> how, how old is who floyd yeah 87 have you okay do me a favor if you if you haven't looked this guy up look him up Does not look it's 87 good, man. no he is
0: 87. He would,
1: yeah. he would he would he would he he could take um Dick van Dyke with one arm behind his back
2: oh,
1: 100% <laughs> one arm behind his back so we didn't talk about on the I was, know the I don't podcast, know exactly
0: Dyke was on it was on
1: <laughs> um masked mask singer. I yeah. And I was like, oh, we we're just talking about him on Dizzes. And it was amazing. And, and he looks horrible. Like, I, he looked like it was I, <laughs> I I couldn't wait for him to put the mask back on. It was, it was he looked terrifying. great. All the people were
0: crying. And there's no way he was supposed to be on more than one episode. They had a they had him there just for that one episode, just to go home that one episode. Oh yeah. Because his yeah. suit was like a shell of a suit. It wasn't compact on his body. It was like he was standing inside something. That was just stationary. We hear does his think Floyd Norman was an amazing inspiration to all kids who have big dreams as a child. Not only did he achieve his dreams, but much more. It is a great story for the African American community, as well as anyone else who may need motivation. <laughs>
1: light up your magic with disney scented candles from three cheeky chicks
2: their candles capture the essence of your favorite disney resorts and food from the fresh smell of the wilderness lodge to the delicious smell of ohana bread pudding
0: each candle is hand poured with the finest ingredients and crafted to perfection making them the perfect addition to any disney's fans collection
1: whether you're looking to create a cozy atmosphere in your home or give a unique and magical gift their candles are sure to bring a touch of disney magic to your life so
2: why wait light up your world with three cheeky chicks disney candles today use promo code is his20.
0: Visit magiclenscented.com and use promo code his20. Hey guys, want to hear something cool? Do you want to be part of the goof troop? Our Groove Troop is the best and a way to help support the show. You get access to our wonderful giveaways, Discord chat, and you can join for only $2 a month. In our Discord chat, you can interact with the hosts and some of our great members. There are Disney-themed games in our chat, streams from the park, we have a special Spotify playlist. Overall, we just have a lot of fun. You also get access to our live shows, which can sometimes be a little crazy. Once again, help support the show for as low as $2 a month and join the Goof Troop. Just go to DizHiz.com and on top, there's a link. Check us out streaming on award-winning Disney streaming site, Sorcerer Radio, on Fridays at 1 p.m. Eastern Time, or catch us again at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Sorcerer Radio is an amazing 24-7 Disney radio. Just visit srsounds.com or download the Sorcerer Radio app.
2: Hey, I'm Joe from the DizHiz.
1: And I'm Nick from Sandpiper Vacations.
2: We will be teaming up to give one of the best travel experiences ever. I am a travel agent with Sandpiper Vacations. We are able to book any vacation destination around the world including Disney, cruises and all-inclusive resorts. We have been working here at the His to become travel agents and with our knowledge of the parks we want to plan the best Disney trip for you. Using us as a travel agent, we are updated on the latest and greatest information about all of the destinations. We can help save you time, stress, and sometimes some money. Using our services cost you absolutely nothing. It is completely free to you, and we are happy to assist you with giving you more value for your trip. So if you're looking to book your next Disney trip, go to DizHiz.com. Check out DizHiz Destinations on the very top.
0: Check us out on Weeby geeks a new podcast website where you can find all your favorite geeky content just head over to weebegeeksbc.com that's weebegeeksbc.com and listen to all the other awesome podcasts as well as this is this is this is
2: review review! So this week for D plus, we have Mary Poppins Returns. You know, we did uh, a couple weeks ago, we did Mary Poppins original. Then we did um, Saving Mr. Banks. And now we're doing Mary Poppins Returns. And I like Mary Poppins Returns. I think they did a good job with it. Uh, I actually got to watch it on the cruise, one of the cruise boats. Um, But I think it's a good movie. I love the songs in it. I mean, whenever you have Lin-Manuel Miranda and he's rapping, I'm all in. Um, So that was probably one of my favorite parts of the movie. Is when he, uh, you know, they were like in a theater and he came out and did they sang, Uh, but I think it's a good movie. Uh, Alex, what do you think of it?
0: Um, I think it was all right. I, like I said before, I wasn't a giant Mary Poppins fan until recently, and um, I wasn't really, didn't really care when this came out that much. And I thought it was, it was was all right. It was good. It was interesting. I don't know if if it was necessary, Um, but they were writing that Mary Poppins high from having the uh other movie come out that we were just talking about the um, same Mr. Mr. Banks Mr. Banks. Um and I think I they're not gonna make another one of these, I imagine. I don't think it did well enough. But it was it was all right. Of course they added Lemon well Miranda in there because they were like, let's put him in there. He's good. He'll make any movie good. And uh Emily Blunt did good. She did she did pretty well yeah. for playing uh a Julie Andrews type character. Mm-hmm. Um and then I love that Dick Van Dyke was in it. Yep, just for that little scene at the end. He was Mr. Dolls Jr., uh, mm-hmm. which I thought was awesome that he played. He he played, Um, he didn't play him right? He didn't have any connection to himself. He was no connected to his family, I think, yeah. right?
2: Yeah. And, you know, like now people in chat are starting to type, like uh, some of the songs that were in it, like Trip, a little, Fantas- a little Light Fantastic, you know, a good song, The Bathtub, whatever song, that, when they were in The Bathtub is a really good song. Whatever, if there's like a movie about using your imagination – you know, uh, you have these kids and they're like in a bathtub or whatever. And then before you know it, they're like underneath the water and there's like a whole scene about the ocean. I think that's cool. hmm. I like the scene with the bikes. You know, you see what I'm talking about? I really don't remember this movie that much at all, honestly. And they're doing like jumps and stuff like that. I think that part's um, super cool. Dude, dude you, don't, you, you don't know what I'm talking about? No,
0: I don't remember the movie at all. You know, I didn't I wasn't too interested in this, but it did gross 172 million dollars in the United States and Canada. And well, I feel, 177 I feel like you put, in other territories. So, mm-hmm. I mean, 300, 349 worldwide gross with a budget of 130. So they definitely made their money back. You know, they de- it definitely was listed financially as a success for sure.
2: Mm-hmm. Well, I think if you put Mary Poppins on it, it's going to be successful, right? Right. Uh, I mean, not only after this movie, that's when they announced – the, the area at Epcot that was supposed to be Mary Poppins that's not there oh, that's yet, right. you know. Uh, but right after this movie, they did announce that uh, part. Um, you know, Meryl Streep's in it. She has a good part in the in the movie. I think her song that she kind of um, sings is really good. Uh, there's some there's some really good songs in it. I, th- I think that this is one of those movies where right now we're like, uh, I-, I can tell you, I enjoyed it better the second time. I thought the first time was really good, um, but I enjoyed it better the second time.
0: It's crazy making a sequel of a movie over 50 years later.
2: It is. Uh, it is, but I mean, it's just one of those movies that's iconic, right? So that's why I would love to see a live action of sword in the stone. Like, why is that not even a thing? Like, why is the sword in the stone not like a live action co- out?
1: I think no. it'd be kind of bold to do. I think it'd be, it, I think they're probably, probably have cold feet on, on doing a movie. That's not very popular. Like, would it be cool? Sure. And maybe they'll do it for like Disney plus, but I feel like that's one of those huge risks um, that because like listen if you're going to remake like the Little Mermaid people are sprinting to the theaters to see Little Mermaid right yeah. mm-hmm. you sword in the stone it's like ah, maybe I'll just wait for it to get put on Disney plus type type thing you know well
2: Ryan's saying that they, they are making they're remaking it in chat
1: yeah I don't doubt it I don't doubt it and it'll be
0: interesting to know what maybe what other f- movies that are 50 years plus they might be making sequels for because people love you know people love the recreation of something but even better than just Taking the same old movie and remaking it, making a sequel like they did for Mary Poppins Returns Mm -hmm. is kind of a good idea. And since this was successful, maybe that gave Disney the green light to make more sequels, quote unquote sequels, instead of just remaking the first movie over again, just fresher.
1: I'm a big fan of the whole sequels a long time after and done the right way. It can be super successful i mean finding dory was i mean it's not 50 years that was pretty long after after uh, incredibles yeah. 2 the incredibles 2 is another one
0: that was that was a good amount of time very long the first time and second one for sure and that Felt was very like successful. 50 years
1: yeah and uh it's cool instead of rebooting these movies to do a continuation especially um because you get a fresh take with familiar characters i think that's the coolest part
0: yeah hey this is aj for the d plus club where we cover all things Disney plus. Each week I bring you the latest news and rumours, as well as what's new and what's coming soon to the Disney streaming service in the US and in the UK. And each week we have a weekly movie club, where between February 27th and March 5th we'll be returning to our MCU series for Avengers Endgame. Share your thoughts in the weekly movie club room in the Sorcerer Radio Discord at srsounds.com forward slash discord. And I'll feature some of your comments in this week's podcast. You can find the D Plus Club on all major podcasting platforms, including the Sorcerer Radio website, SSRsounds.com forward slash the D Plus Club, with new episodes every Sunday. See you there. Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway now! Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway now! Giveaway, giveaway, giveaway now! Which wax
1: melt do you want us to send you? All right. So we do have a mixture of the uh, uh, we have a div- I div- uh, we have a diverse set of leprechauns here. We, we have right there on the front. We have Irish leprechauns, we have Latino leprechauns, and we have African American leprechauns. Which leprechaun will win? Three, two, one and a half. Go. <laughs> oh. oh, oh, they're falling Ooh, by they gold. The gold. Oh, yeah. we got a
0: purple one. Oh, too. my gosh. Oh, look that's
1: go. the alien I was wow. talking about. Earlier. terrifying to oh, look at. We
0: got Benji up front, New Ryan. All right. Wow, this
1: is like a really close. This is, I think, the closest this, race race. There's a lot going before. on here.
0: Oh, wow. That's a big shift right there. Uh,
1: Who's I'm listening the back. to the Irish tell. music playing, so I can't even hear you guys. Samantha, Tara. Oh, uh, who's this guy? Who's this guy Uh-oh. creeping up Who at the bottom? bottom? Oh, it's
0: Maddie. Maddie. Oh, oh top. Tara. Oh, Tara. Oh, Tara. Oh, oh, Tara. oh my gosh. Oh, Wait. Emily. Wait. Amelia. 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 Yeah, gonna win? Oh, oh my, my god! god. From Congratulations. From back of nowhere. Mission. Wow. Look Bass at how
1: fan. look at how all the leprechauns just bow to the winner.
0: <laughs> <on> the <side laughs> of hey, what's the most you can
1: have on here? 100.
0: hundred. You know, what's funny is like it's always some who comes from behind that was off screen. That's, that's how always, it always yeah. is.
1: It's never <laughs> like you don't you don't want to be winning. So, Alex, what
2: did you do this week in Disney?
0: So did not do a lot in Disney. Um, you know, I did the history, which is Disney. It, I'm, I'm finding things out about Disney every week. Uh, did not do too much in the fact of just watching stuff. Uh, did I tell you guys I, wa- I, finished, Waka- I finished Wakanda forever? Dude, I finished it too. I watched Okay, it. so I did. Okay, so. Let's talk about it. Last yeah, episode did not it. finish it. This episode, I did finish Wakanda forever. And I said that the rest of the movie probably wouldn't be as good as I thought. And it, it or it was going to be not as good as I thought it was not going to be. And, um... You know, I don't think it was that amazing of a movie. I think the back half was better than the first half for sure. Yes, I like the interactions. Uh, the fighting was interesting. I love how much Mbaku's in it. He's like my, yeah. one of my favorite yeah. characters now. Yeah, he yeah, is great. He is awesome. Winston Duke. And um, I thought I thought it was it was interesting. Um, there's a lot of things I disliked about it, but then there were some things I liked. I like the very ending with the reveal of um, a certain person. I'm not going to say to ruin anyone's thing. But um, I think the the location fights were okay. Um, How they were fighting, how they were trying to defeat somebody was interesting. But I overall was kind of let down from it. I don't think it was that great of a movie. And I think it's going to hurt the future, the franchise of the Wakanda films, I think. I don't know.
1: You think so? I'm not interested to see Wakanda anymore. I've seen enough. Yeah. Yeah, I've definitely seen enough of Wakanda. I don't need I don't need to go back there anymore. A lot happened in Wakanda this movie. And I just I'm I'm you know, Wakanda Tech is cool. I'm perfectly fine with seeing it other places. Nothing ma- my biggest problem with the movie is nothing mattered. Like mm-hmm. the like the, the whole conflict. Right. Um, like it was an internal conflict to begin with, but the way it was resolved and everything, it was just nothing nothing mattered right this this this, this
2: didn't matter like what do you mean
0: like nothing Um, was changed due to the result of the final battle it was just kind of put off to the side to be a few to re (laughs) to reignite later
1: yeah like it was like like the whole thing could have happened and it could have been like a three minute like story that i told on a film and it would have been like it just wasn't nothing was like uh i mean there were some things that happened that were big events but nothing that changes anything mm-hmm. moving forward really what would you think I guess, Joe? I, I, I guess and you know what maybe i'm just realizing this maybe it's because like we knew uh t'challa was gonna die mm-hmm. and that was like the big thing that happened in the first 30 seconds of this movie you're right. right um that was like the big the big thing of this movie was his death and dealing with his death and everything so mm-hmm. maybe it's because we knew that already i don't know I thought it was okay.
2: You know, I, I, like I was talking, uh, I was playing basketball this past week and I was talking with uh, uh, one of my friends and, you know, I was just kind of like, I don't understand what people want from like these movies. Like they're not going to be award-winning movies. They're, they're, not every movie is going to be endgame. I thought it was a good story. Like I think it was slow at times, you know, right? But I thought it was, it, it was a good story. I i feel like the story of Namor, how you say, is that, my, am I saying his name? Yeah, right? Namor. yeah. Like I think his story was kind of cool, right? So yeah, he, he was good. He was great. Character. yeah um and we don't know for sure if uh it doesn't have this is not going to play a bigger part in the film because what happens because they're kind of now they're kind of allied together almost in a way right mm-hmm. so no, we don't know for sure not officially but they are kind of
1: they just kind of squashed their beef right
2: well at the they they made up He they made a pact at the end
1: no they're not even that strong either like take away the water what are they are just people that need water every like couple of hours
2: sure and i feel like you know global warming <laughs> they're in trouble <laughs> <laughs> it's so hot out soon they leave the water they're gonna freaking yeah. gonna be like in the in the in that ship you know yeah. it's gonna dry out
1: they're in trouble everywhere yeah. you know? i uh i like i liked the movie i didn't love the movie
2: yeah, yeah i thought it was okay it was you fun
1: know, it was a fun watch it was a fun nah, watch. i don't think it was and fun I, <laughs>
2: No, and I think that's what Ant Man's gonna be like. I, you know, Chris, I think we, we kind of talked about your review of Ant Man, like in our Discord so we, chat. Yeah. So like
1: that. yeah, we didn't talk about that. I just realized. So I, I uh, Alex, is that all you did in this week in Disney? Um,
0: yeah. That I wanted to say before we move on from the movie sure. that one of the only things that kept me interested was the reveal of Atuma, who I would not know of unless it was for Marvel Snap. Yeah. So a Marvel Snap thus helped me. Get through the last half of the film because I was like, "What are they gonna do with this? T- with a Tuma?
1: Oh my god, that's a Tuma! Oh my gosh, yeah. I love a Tuma! I, yeah, I know Marvel nothing about him." Yeah, a good him, job but, at uh, at at giving those lesser characters right. actual interest.
0: Yeah, yeah. So I was like, "Oh, a Tuma! I can't wait to see what he does." He, <laughs> does, he does nothing, uh, but uh, yeah, it was I thought that was kind of funny that I and I had subtitles on because I watch it at night and my wife sleeping. And the only reason I knew it was a Tuma is because it came up on some tiles. I was like, "Oh, that's a Tuma! Oh yeah. my god!" That's right.
1: And same thing happened to me too, man. I was yeah. like, "Oh, Marvel Snap! That's how I know." <laughs> yes. I would have never known that was him. And
0: then I immediately started yeah. playing Marvel Snap with my Atuma build, my Tuma deck.
1: And you probably lost every match because he sucked. No, I, I love my Tuma deck. <laughs>
2: so we're gonna talk about Ant Man. Go
1: ahead. Yeah. So real quick, uh, what I did this week in Disney. First, first, I uh, just want to talk about this real quick. I made a little Lego set. Um, oh yeah. Uh, it was ten dollars. It was. Uh, Boba Fett and his starship oh you did and yeah yeah it took me like 20 minutes to build um and it was a really fun little build I have it here somewhere on my desk I thought oh yeah here it is I'll hold up the camera for the patrons to see it's a really small little thing uh Boba Fett sits inside and it's a really nice little like desk desk Lego set so I highly recommend getting that if you like uh building things but can't afford the expensive sets um 10 bucks it's a it was a fun little build and very detailed uh lego does an awesome job it's a fun little you know little afternoon thing to do i also um i also i'm gonna send this in discord right now i also bought a 100th um disney 100th anniversary funko pop um i went to target because they have a um an exclusive daffy duck one and I couldn't find it, but Emily actually found this. Uh, so I bought this. It's Oswald, the lucky rabbit nice. and it has the Disney 100 all over it. That's cool. it's very, very nice packaging. They're, they're doing a really nice job of presenting that stuff. Uh, there's only one there, Ryan, Ryan just said, said discord. Thanks for getting me one. They, they had nothing. My target is embarrassing to go in. Everything's all over the place. We found this in the clothing section. Um, <laughs> so just laying on a pile of clothes. I was on the ground. So anyway, could have gave me that when he says, uh, Not going to talk about Ant-Man a whole lot. It just came out. Not going to give a lot of spoilers. I thought it was a uh, fun movie, but not great movie. It was fun to watch. Uh, CGI was really bad. And um, I was not alone in thinking that everybody that I went with, um, Emily, my uh, friend and his fiance and then my other friend, uh, we all were not blown away by the movie. We're all pretty disappointed by it. The CGI, like I said, was not great. I just read an article today saying that a lot of the CGI team for Marvel were taken from Ant-Man and put on Wakanda forever. Really? So they it was hard for them to meet deadlines. They did not have the resources that they that they are used to. And that showed, especially in Modoc's face without the mask on. It's embarrassing. Like, it's embarrassing. Uh, really? Oh, it's 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 really bad um it's really bad and when you watch the movie you'll see but there's pictures floating around on the internet and everyone's like what's going on like what happened um kang is awesome uh jonathan majors amazing performance and that's what really saved this movie that and the combination of just paul rod being the most entertaining person ever when he's on the screen he's just great you know um ant-man is the perfect role for him and um and he just he does an awesome job as ant-man but there was just a lot of flaws in the movie that the movie takes place in the quantum realm. And I don't really care about the quantum realm. I just, I really don't, uh, I don't care about the people who live there. I, I don't, I, I just, I, I, there's, it doesn't do anything for me. So the, the conflict that's going on in the quantum realm, it's like, Hey, I I don't, I really don't care about this. Um, feels very star Warsy one of the pros. I did like that. Bill Murray has a cameo in the movie. He was, he was, you know, he's Bill Murray. So that was cool. Wasp is horrible. I don't like Wasp. And um and Cassie Lang, Scott yeah. Lang's daughter, sucks. She's horrible. <laughs> and they, they, re, they recast her and they, oh, they did? And they shouldn't have. <laughs> they should have. She was just she was just bad. She's uh not a very good actress. Uh the only like she can be happy, but she can't be like angry or sad. Like she just can't show like that sort of emotion. It's weird. Um, she was a very weak point in the movie um michelle pfeiffer i didn't love in the movie either which is weird to say because michelle pfeiffer is a great actress but i don't know just her connection to the quantum realm i just didn't care about it and i think that's why it wasn't like her as an actress that i didn't care about it was just her Mm. character it's like her connection to the quantum realm and i i think it's just because i just really don't care about the quantum realm Uh, other than the fact that it was important in endgame right yeah that was that that was cool. That whole fascination. That's, that's
2: how he say yeah, that's how yeah, he got saved.
1: I like how time moves different and that and that. I don't care about what goes on down there. Mm-hmm. I just, we're never going to see it again. Like we will never see it again. You know, or we shouldn't see it again anyway. There's just mm-hmm. no reason. There's no reason to. And even Paul Rudd said, I don't think people care about the quantum realm. <laughs> like I think that's <laughs> a Paul Rudd quote. So I'm uh-huh. not alone. Paul Rudd doesn't even care about the quantum realm. He's a it, it's a fun movie. Obviously, go and see it the uh the best part of the movie is the second after credit scene oh and uh so there's two credit after credit scenes the first one is cool and 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 uh but the second one second one's really cool uh yeah that's that's what i have to say about it. so if i had to if i had to uh, i think i'm going to start a website one sentence um one sentence movie reviews by one sentence movie review on ant-man of the wasp quantum media fun but not great i
2: think that's i think that's reasonable
1: I I actually still cannot wait to watch it. Oh, I yeah, Despite I couldn't wait to see it. Either. You said, and you and you am still enjoy looking it.
0: forward to seeing it, even though I won't probably won't see it for another three months because that's how long it took for Black Panther to come out for one kind of Forever to come out on D plus. Um, I'm still looking forward to seeing it. It's
1: not a bad movie by any means. It just not said a great. whole bunch
0: of bad things about it.
1: Sure, because I'm I'm ripping it to pieces because I'm I'm disappointed. <laughs> it's a it's a solid six out of 10. 6.2 out of ten probably. so it's not like bad it's not bad i mean i graduated college getting grades like that so it's not bad Uh, i have a degree on my wall uh but it's just not it's not like i thought it was going to be amazing it looked like i had potential to be amazing uh, especially introducing this new big bad of marvel and it was just okay
0: see that's the difference i'm not gonna expect any marvel movies to be amazing until one is you don't expect anything to be amazing actually that's true i that is how i go into everything
1: (laughs) you'll like it i'm not saying you won't like this movie you will like this movie just not gonna be blown away by it and that's okay that's okay in the grand scheme of things when when we look 20 movies from now i'm like oh okay that was pretty cool how they set this up it'll it's a a, it'll be a cool vital piece moving forward in the grand scheme of things just wasn't a great you know standalone movie
0: i bet that was on a banner inside the studios like let's make this not blow people away (laughs)
1: <laughs> they probably wasn't that's we can't, like all right we're gonna we send can't half deal with these the lawsuits to forever. we're gonna send half these people to wakanda forever instead of this <laughs> one which is which is crazy to me because um the whole quantum world was cgi so why would you take people away from that i know right <laughs> I don't know about, I don't yeah, know. yeah but anyway joe what did you do this week in disney
2: um i just watched wakanda forever which we kind of okay, talked about right marvel yeah. snap
1: that's uh it? we're getting a new season of marvel snap in a week already a week up. no oh we're not gosh. Yeah, two... the season ends in a week yeah no, man. It's not. we have two more two more weeks joe it's one week in five days okay okay so it's basically two weeks so okay. we get a we get a new season in two weeks where do you yeah. know what it is because of all these crazy data miners um which one what is it uh hit monkeys in two ones this one is I forget. I've I'm that it's been that long since I've read into it mm-hmm. <laughs> because I'm now looking at the one in um April. Yeah, we <laughs> um, we we're, were going through the April one the last time I checked. Um, I forget what this next one is. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, good talk. Um, so Marvel Snap. We've all been playing a lot of Marvel Snap. Um, the season's a good one. I like the you know. It, I think it's a little tougher this season. I've I think been, it's
2: definitely, a, but usually it gets a little easier towards the end of the season.
1: We'll see. I hope I think, so. I need to climb. Yeah.
2: Well, that's usually what happens. And um, because I feel like a lot of people who are already, that are doing really, they made their mark. Like they're at 100. Mm-hmm. They stopped playing. So that leaves the room right, for all the people right. who are not good like me on there. So it gives me better of a better chance to climb. Uh, but I've been playing that um the Zola deck.
1: Yes. That's, great that's deck. my main
2: deck I've been playing. Yeah, yep, that's my great main deck. deck.
1: So. I unlocked Galactus. So I've been using Galactus Oh,
2: yeah. Today, right? Or yesterday yeah. you did
1: it? I've turned it into one of those people. Um, is it yeah. working for you? Yeah. Yeah, it is. As long as you as long as you get the right cards. I feel like as long as you get the right cards, any deck works for you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's a great thing, thing about right Marvel Snap. if
0: you if you get the right cards, utilize the lo- locations, and you predict yeah. what your opponent's gonna do successfully, any deck can can defeat any other deck. Yes, uh, which 100%. I think is, is great. I like yeah. unlike you guys, I don't have these amazing cards, so I am now utilizing the Sandman buff with uh, Oh yeah with um with arrow, so oh, arrow, the Sandman arrow. Salmon, I watched arrow. that video
1: today, Alex.
0: Oh yeah, the Sandman arrow combination is what I'm utilizing right now.
1: Yeah, um, Alex sent me a video by Cozy. Uh, yeah, he's, a cozy, he's snap. A, uh, a cozy Snap on YouTube. Check him out if you like Marvel Snap. Uh, he also has a podcast. Interesting, but um, yeah, Alex told me about a video, and I watched that. There was a uh, patch to balance cards the other day, so a lot of cards got changes. Uh, in our chat. Ryan said he's doing a death Deadpool deck. Um, Alex just got Deadpool. Yes, I did. Yesterday, which is awesome. He got the new coin pack. Yep. Um, and I am actually using, De- I haven't used Death in a little bit, but now I'm using death and null again with Galactus, which is fun. Um, that's
0: so, that's, that's the kind of thing that they need to fix the matchmaking because people will be like, what do I, yeah. do, with, what do, I do with this? What do I do right. when I come against a Galactus, null, and death when my best card is Double Dinosaur?
1: So there's this thing in the bottom left that says retreat. That's yes. the best. Uh, that's the best card to play. In <laughs> yeah, a no, right. Like that.
0: <laughs> well, it's too late at that point. It's like turn five, six or you snapped yeah. on turn two.
1: Yeah. But again, if you guys don't know what you're talking about, you're interested in it. It's Marvel Snap. It's a mobile game um, about Marvel. <laughs> it's a card game. Uh, very fun. If you're into card games.
0: Oh, fun. speaking of Marvel Snap, I did watch. Um, I did watch a little bit of Moon Girl oh. and Devil Dinosaur cartoon that came out.
1: Me and Alex probably watched it about the same amount. A little bit of the first episode. Right? Yeah, I didn't. Like it's it's uh, awesome.
0: It's a little slow. I can't wait to get into like the middle of the season. Like the first it's episodes, of course, setting it up.
1: Of course, yeah. And
0: my kids, unfortunately, have no interest in it. Oh uh, yeah.
1: I uh, I I like the message it sends. I like it takes. I like how it takes place after a uh, an African American family. Uh huh. Like how it takes place after like a family that's has their own business. I think that's yep. cool follow your dreams takes that play. takes after uh or you follow like a super super smart uh little girl which is really cool because she's like i don't know and uh i just i think it's gonna be just like black panther was really uh was really cool because we finally got like the first black superhero i think this show can do a lot for uh for kids, uh, not only that are that are African-American, but that are just um, like this girl's a little genius. So it's like, oh, you know, I can I can be a superhero because I'm smart, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. So as long as you have a prehistoric devil dinosaur to help you.
1: Right. Right. And a time portal to get that <laughs> dinosaur. Yes. Yeah, it's cool, though. I love the animation. That's that's what stood out to me. the most. It's interesting. The, I call it the animation style. Yeah, it's very cool.
0: Uh, next week on His, we're going to be doing a game show episode for March. And we'll follow that with Niels wants to know a fan favorite segment.
1: A host favorite segment, too. I love that segment.
2: Yeah, it's a good segment. It's fun. I love hearing from Niels. So that's the his on Floyd Norman. I'm Joe. I'm Alex. And I'm Chris. Thanks for listening and have a magical week.